Welcome to the Primal Pioneer, a no-nonsense podcast teaching you how to rewild your life and heal your body using nature's medicine kit. I'm your host, Heather Shepard, classical homeopath, author of The Sunlight Rx, and alternative healer. For the past decade, I've been helping people overcome acute and chronic health disorders and brain injuries using a 100% natural approach. Enjoy this episode and subscribe to this podcast to stay informed about your body, your health, and how to lead the healthiest life possible, even amidst our crazy modern world. Hey everyone, welcome back. Today I am going to talk about one of my favorite topics and that is um, how to create healing programs using food and sunlight. Um, So this particularly if you're a health practitioner, if you want to be a health practitioner, or if you're just simply curious about how to improve your health, support your health in the most optimal ways um, will likely benefit you and hopefully will give you a lot of insight into how to use these two therapeutic modalities um, when it comes to preventing chronic disease, um, quote unquote, curing chronic disease, right? You know, you know, there's quotes around that. Um, And so um, I'm going to, to deep dive into this topic today. Um, over the past 13 plus years, I've helped people improve and rectify chronic disease states and conditions using food and sunlight therapeutically, keyword therapeutically. Um, and I want to take some time today to deep dive into this topic because um, I feel like when we can fine tune this area of health, Um, really understanding how to use sunlight and food in a therapeutic way, we can really improve the healing outcome, the outcomes, the quality of one's life. Um, We can enhance the longevity of one's life, reduce symptoms that somebody may be struggling with that may be really debilitating to their life. Um, And we can really support this process when we understand how to use sunlight how to use diet, how to combine those two things together and use them in a therapeutic sense. So during this episode, I'm going to talk about why it's important to combine food with sunlight therapy when it comes to uh, helping to support somebody's health, helping them to approach a chronic disease or prevent a chronic disease. I'm going to talk about why food isn't enough, like why certain diet programs like keto, like carnivore, et cetera. Yeah, sure. Some of these things may provide some palliation of symptoms. However, I'm going to talk about why simply focusing on food isn't enough to get us out of a chronic disease state or or to get us out of this deep suffering state, whatever it may be. Uh, with regard to your to your health and, and why food isn't enough and and why that is and what we need to do to help um, uh, expand the healing powers of food, which when we combine it with sunlight, we absolutely um, increase the uh, efficacy of our our diet and how we use diet and food in a therapeutic sense. And I'm going to talk about why. 
I'm a hater, why I'm a hater of fad diets and and food trends and why I suggest avoiding these. And I'm gonna talk about why it's important to understand symptoms versus disease diagnoses when working with clients or patients. So I'm gonna dive into that. That's something I'm very passionate about. That, that sentence right there, it's like we could have classes and classes on that subject. Of, of why we have to move away from, we get, get this very mm, sclerotic mindset around um, somebody has a disease diagnosis and just focusing on that. Okay, I have uh, high blood pressure. This is what I need to do, right? And so then, you know, we look up and Google everything for high blood pressure and this and that. And, you know, and then we get this list of things to do. And it's like, well, that is not the most optimal approach to any disease or condition. In fact, we have to understand what somebody's symptoms are and then translate that into, okay, what does that mean from a, a treatment standpoint. And we have to understand, okay, somebody's symptoms, forget the disease diagnosis. We have to focus on somebody's symptoms and how when we do this, when we understand their symptoms, when we sit down, we listen to the person's symptoms. This actually right here, this single thing is what allows you to individuate somebody's treatment plan. So sure, you can Google foods for high blood pressure and I'll give you this whole host of things. And then like, I'll give you an example. My my dad struggles with blood sugar issues. And so, you know, he re he's, he's good at Googling and reading all sorts of stuff. And he heard that Celion cinnamon is supposed to lower blood pressure or excuse me, help to balance blood sugar levels. So he takes this somewhat religiously for, you know, three, four, five months. He goes in to get his blood work and he calls me. He's like, Heather, the Celion cinnamon isn't working. The blood sugar is still high. And it's like, you know, so the thing is that product is not going to individuate anybody's treatment protocol. And, you know, there's a lot more to the story than simply Googling and coming up with a bunch of supplements or foods and be like, oh, that's great for high blood pressure. That's great for type two diabetes. And people do those things. They have very little to zero results. And they're like, what the hell? You know, Google told me this is what I was supposed to do. And they get mad and frustrated. And then that's, that's what leads people to quit. And if you're a health practitioner of any sort or, or want to be one or, you know, you're on your own healing path, whatever it may be, we want to set people up for success and this gives them confidence. It keeps them on the healing path. And so in order to have successful healing outcomes, you have to individuate somebody's treatment plan, whether you're using food whether you're using sunlight, whether you're using homeopathy, you have to individuate the plan in order to get success. And how you individuate the plan is um, asking, knowing what questions to ask your client or patient when they come in the door, hey, tell me about your symptoms, knowing what questions to ask to get you know, a full understanding of their symptoms. And then knowing, okay, how do I translate those symptoms into uh, a therapeutic uh, 
program, right? How do I then take those symptoms, know what to do with them and translate that into, okay, this is how we approach that with diet, with sunlight, with, um, you know, homeopathy, for example. Um, so individuation of somebody's plan is all about understanding symptoms, point blank. It's not about a disease diagnosis. Every, every health practitioner, naturopathic doctor, and functional medicine doctor on the planet, every allopathic doctor prescribes and suggests things based on disease diagnosis, and it's absolutely unhelp unhelpful, and it's never going to get somebody to a long-term uh, solution, a long-term benefit, a long-term improvement with their health. So... That's a subject I'm I'm very passionate about, and, and I'll be talking more about that during this episode here today. Now, before I dive into this really important topic, I have a big announcement, okay? So um, later this month, I'm going to be launching a course that I've been wanting to offer for, honestly, it's been on my mind for the past five to seven years. And that course is the Ancestral Health certification course. That's what I'm calling it. And in a nutshell, this course is going to teach you how to create um, healing programs for people. Okay. It's going to teach you how to create individualized health plans using food, diet, and sunlight. There'll be, of course, other bonuses, but it's going to, that's going to be the bulk of the program. And, um, Part of the program is also going to be how to understand symptoms, how to translate that into an individualized treatment plan, how to interpret blood work from a mitochondrial and holistic health perspective, and um, how to actually specify your diet and sunlight protocols um, to specific uh, symptoms and conditions. So I'm super stoked to be offering this course. And this is a bonus part of the course. I'm actually going to be providing cooking videos, like me live cooking, teaching you how to cook certain foods. Now, you know, some of these you can, you can apply to your own clients and to your own life, of course. But, um, you know, part of the healing process, what I've found is that I'll come in, I'll, I'll be working with a client who wants to use diet and food to improve their health, but they don't know how to cook, right? And so that to me, I have found is a block to healing. If somebody doesn't know how to cook, you cannot postmate a therapeutic, healthy diet plan. That's just like impossible. So we have to take a different approach. And if somebody doesn't want to cook for themselves or doesn't want to learn to cook for themselves, that I have found over many years of working with people, those people do not get better because they don't want to learn how to cook. And they don't have to be like, you know, receiving Michelin stars and 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 doing fancy things with food, literally just learning how some basics about food and how to cook is one of the most foundational and healing things um, that, that you can give to yourself and to your clients. And so um, I not only want to teach you how to formulate these healing plans for people, 
and how to individuate your healing plans for people. But we have to know how to cook. We have to understand some basics of cooking um, to, to help people get the most therapeutic benefits from their, their diet plans. So this is going to be a, a bonus part of the course is that I'll be posting cooking videos, teaching you how to cook, cook certain foods. There'll be a video library where, the, where these videos um, are located and they'll include things like how to cook certain cuts of meat and veggies and, and mineral rich foods and so forth. And as I mentioned, a big part of healing is knowing how to cook food in a way that brings out and supports the nutritional value, the nutritional density of the food. So that's a bonus part of the certification course. Now, upon certification, let's say you go through the course, um, you're going to be, what, what does that mean? You'll be a certified ancestral health practitioner, which basically translate to, you'll be a wizard at creating food and sunlight protocols therapeutically for specific diseases. And you'll be able to have your own private practice around this or add this to your already, you know, pre-existing health uh, practice. So registration for the course, I'm going to launch it next week. And um, it's an eight week self-paced course. So you can sign up, watch them, watch the, the, the modules and videos at your, you know, whenever time permits you to do so, there's going to be monthly Q and A's and I'll have a whole bunch more of information, whole lot more of information on my website about the course when I launch it next week. So keep an eye out for the launch date and it'll be sometime next week. Um, and I'm super stoked about it. I'm really excited. It's a, it's a subject I'm really passionate about. Um, all right, here we go. Let's talk about how to create food and sunlight protocols for uh, chronic diseases. So let's see, where should we start? How about, let's start here. Diet and exercise plans alone are outdated and do not work on their own modern day. What do I mean by that? What is that? I know many of you who have been following me, listening to me in the mitochondrial world, Maybe you're in the the uh, QBC, but you have this awareness. And if you don't, if this is the first time you're hearing it, amazing, right? But diet alone is not enough modern day to help people overcome chronic disease. Exercise alone is not enough modern day to help people overcome chronic disease. The combination of those two things will not get you where you want to be long term. They cannot rectify chronic disease on their own modern day. And um, they do nothing really um, on their own. They don't do much, I shouldn't say nothing, to um, influence our, our um, epigenetic signaling. So, you know, somebody has a, a genetic predisposition, diet and exercise alone, they're not going to do much with uh, whether those switches are, are in the on or off position, especially the more chronic the condition is. So why is this the case? Okay, Heather, yeah, you're saying this, but why? Why, why is this not enough? Because if we think about back in the day when, say, um, the Gerson therapy protocol came out, which was this... Um, uh, anti-cancer diet, or I should say people with cancer 
would go on this, the Gerson therapy, right? And um, which people today have this misconception that it was a completely vegetarian diet or vegan diet. It was not. Yes, there was a lot of juicing using this very fancy um, juice press, not the kind of juicers we have today. Um, but a big part of that protocol was liver juice and um, some raw dairy products. Um, and so people did that diet back in the day and had, um, some of them had some positive results, meaning their cancer went into remission. Do we know the long-term effects if the cancer came back or not? That's not well documented, but we do know that back in the day, the early 1900s, people did the diet and some people's cancer went into remission. Today, that is highly unlikely. Why is it unlikely? And not just, I'm just using this one example. You can apply this to anything, okay? Like people who go on strict carnivore for colitis or strict carnivore for rheumatoid arthritis or joint pain, et cetera. Why is diet not enough today? Why isn't it going to get those same results that people got way back when? Um, but people today are like, oh yeah, so people are still stuck back in the early 1900s and before then when they just used diet and then had some success um, with their health. It doesn't work today because people are so suppressed with vaccines, antibiotics, other prescription medications, okay? And so we have more of this, more of these suppressive substances built up in our, our body that accumulates over generations, not just what we bring in, but what our mom got, what our dad got, what their grandparents got, et cetera, right? How many vaccines were present back in the day when the Gerson therapy was just being born and, you know, coming into existence and people were using it to overcome cancer, zero, okay? Antibiotics, not even on the, not even on the radar yet, right? That's why, because we weren't so suppressed, because we're so suppressed today, we need a, a, a bigger, wider arsenal. We need, um, we need more than diet. Diet is not strong enough to help uh, remove the effects of those suppressive therapies and how they suppress the immune system. And the more suppressives one has over generations, the deeper the genetic predisposition comes with each um, preceding generation. So for example, um, all the people who are chock full of the C19V, you know, today and all the boosters, plus all the other Vs on the schedule, plus they've had their fair share of antibiotics, plus maybe they've had some steroid drugs, right? Now, those people have kids, and let's say, um, let's say high blood pressure runs, I'm going to use that as a theme in this, in this episode, high blood pressure. Let's say high blood pressure runs in that um, that side of the family and that, and, and that, um, having trouble with my words today. Um, let's say those people are, are more prone to high blood pressure. They have children and, um, that 
those kids are going to be more prone to high blood pressure in a malignant sense. Malignant high blood pressure is when even medication cannot quell the high blood pressure. No matter what they do, the, the blood pressure is high. Okay. And so they're going to have an even, um, be at a greater risk for heart disease. And that pathology is going to be even deeper and more uh, difficult to treat because this, the preceding generation um, had, was chock full of, of suppressive therapies. Okay. So um, I hope that was somewhat clear, but um, basically the more suppressives that you have in your gene line over time, the worse each preceding generation's health is going to be, the deeper the genetic predisposition, meaning the more chronic it's going to play out in the next, in the future generations until that cycle stops, until the Vs stop, the excessive anti-Bs stop, until the steroid drugs stop, right? Then we have the chance to start reversing um, the genetic predisposition. Um, also, why, why are diet and exercise not enough today? Because our environment is much different. Uh, we have a whole load of nonsense being developed with AI, and we have a whole lot of nonsense with man-made EMFs. And I had someone ask me the other day, hey, what, what, what does it matter? Because you get radiate, there's more radiation coming from the sun than there is from my Wi-Fi box. And I said, I took a deep breath <laughs> and I said, okay. Let's just clear, let's just clear this one up real quick. Okay. So, you know, the radiation coming from your Wi-Fi box is man-made and our biology isn't in sync, in tune, aligned with those frequencies being emitted from your Wi-Fi box. The radiation emitted by the sun actually is what sets the circadian rhythm and uh, uh, supports our biology and makes our, our biology functional and optimal. And uh, when we're in nature's form of radiation. So we should clear the air that not all radiation is bad and that there's a difference between man-made and nature made. And basically, if we live uh, off this rule of thumb, when we are surrounded by nature and, and that which nature has created and which has not been um, touched by man, which, you know, is, is rare these days, but it's, it's, it's still out there. Okay. Right. That is beneficial to our health. It sets our rhythms it, it aligns our circadian biology, it supports our hormones, our metabolism, basically every single signal function, um, neurochemical in our body operates, you know, optimally when we're outside in sunlight, getting the rays of sunlight, getting that form of radiation in the form of UV, UVA, UVB, infrared. Yes, that's nature's gift to us. Now, why also diet and exercise isn't enough is because today most people live in a sea of man-made EMF, not in nature's EMF. 
right? So this is also why we need more than diet and exercise. There are other reasons, but that is those two, those are two of the main reasons why diet and exercise simply aren't enough today. Okay, so when we combine sunlight with food, uh, therapeutically, from a therapeutic standpoint, this fills a huge gap that food cannot accomplish on its own. Because, and I know many of you have an awareness of this, that when you combine food with sunlight in this therapeutic um, sense, you support your circadian signaling, your circadian biology, you support your hormones, you support your, your metabolic signaling, you support your gut microbiome, right? And it's very little is talked about with regard to how sunlight affects your gut microbiome and actually is the main way that we um, produce certain gut bacteria. And when we eat foods that are grown in the same sunlight that our bodies and eyes, et cetera, are exposed to, that does something very interesting to our gut microbiome that um, science cannot, cannot touch, or I don't think we'll ever be able to explain. Um, but you experience it when you experience it in your own body, you're like, oh my gosh, this is insane that I can now digest this food better just because I have been practicing the sunlight RX and exposing my gut and my liver and my eyes to this light. And then this, this huge breakthrough occurs. That is something science will never understand or get because we cannot study nature. They can try, but good luck. Okay. Um, so Let's talk about fad diets and strict diets because so most people are like, okay, you're going to teach me how to create diet and food protocols in a therapeutic sense for people. So does this mean like carnivore and keto or like strict this or that? That answer is a hard no. Um, and I'm going to tell you why. Um, so fad diets and strict diets, that these aren't a long-term solution, Okay. Um, and in some people, these type of diets make issues worse. Now, I say this about supplements, about prescription medications, about um, uh, diets, anything that hasn't been around for more than 50 years is a short amount of time, 100 years, now we're getting a little better. Anything that hasn't been around for a long period of time at least 50 years, proving time and time again to be beneficial and health supportive and supportive of vitality and chronic disease prevention, et cetera, is likely too young. This is premature. We should not be relying hard on these type of things. Like for example, when you know somebody with cancer or, or some chronic disease um, tries out everything in the allopathic world and then doesn't get results. And they're like, Hey, this new drug just came out and you can be in the experiment to see if this in an experimental trial to see if it works for your X, Y, Z, you are literally their rat lab. 
do, I, I would not suggest that. If you're like, this is my last ditch effort, then say no thanks and go outside and sit in the sunlight until your last breath. And you will have a much better quality of life and will likely live a lot longer than if you um, participated in their experimental drug. But so, so basically what I'm saying is these things, one, haven't been around long enough for us to know, hey, yeah, that really works long-term. These are the long-term side effects. This is what we can expect after being on a carnivore diet for, for five years, for 10 years, for 20 years. And people think that our ancestors just ate carnivore, maybe the cavemen, you know, like millions, millions of years ago. The, the fact of the matter is that we're not cavemen anymore. We're in a totally different environment. The, the, the landscape has changed. Our resources have changed. And so um, our biology is not the same as it was then. It's just not. Um, <clears throat> so fad diets and strict diets, they're not a long-term solution. And in some people I have seen can make issues worse. Now, at best, some of these approaches like carnivore can um, be supportive in the short run. Now, um, you know, and, and during the, the certification program, I'll talk more in depth about this. Hey, when is it maybe a good idea for somebody to be on carnivore, um, you know, and how long and how do you know when to switch and how do you help them transition and et cetera out of that diet? Because long term, I'm concerned with just eating meat and salt um, because there's going to be mineral deficiencies going on. There's going to be fatty acid deficiencies going on. There's going to be hormonal insufficiencies going on when we lean hard on this type of diet long term. Can some diets like carnivore help in the short term? Yes, they can, but I wouldn't lean on them. I wouldn't rely on them long term. Um, I've seen health side effects of these things, um, you know, over the past several years, but some of these diets are so new, you know, that people are just going balls to the wall and they're coming out they initially better, long-term not better, right? And so we need to give people a more sustainable um, approach and we need to give them something that's going to support them in this like longevity sense, fad diets, strict diets, don't do that. Keto, I hate keto. That's like, I'm not a fan of keto. I'm definitely not a fan of keto. Um, and, and some of the other strict diets, vegan, vegetarian, you know how I feel about those. There's never a place where I think, oh yeah, you should go vegan. That's never a suggestion I give anybody. Um, but, you know, so fad diets are also, a lot of people go on a fad diet because they want to achieve something. Uh, uh, they want to rectify some disease diagnosis that they have got, right? <clears throat> so they research, oh, carnivore is great for my colitis, right? And so boom, then they go in balls to the wall um, with a, a fad diet and they go in on it based on a disease diagnosis, Okay, colitis, carnivore, cancer, keto. You know, there, there's there's all these these different, and of course, 
a lot of people do both of those diets, you know, next year, there'll be a whole different diet. And then the year after that, there'll be a different diet. When you see this trend, oh, this is the new thing. And they'll make you make it sound like it's an old thing. Like this is actually how, how grandpa ate and blah, blah, blah. And yeah, sure, there'll be aspects of that, but we have to come at this from a more holographic perspective. So now back to the disease diagnosis. So most people will research, okay, what's the diet? What's the best diet for this disease? Cancer, colitis, high blood pressure, et cetera. They'll Google it. Oh, it's keto. Oh, it's carnivore. Oh, it's low FODMAPs. Oh, it's histamine. You know, it's like, okay, that is a trap maybe at best, it will get you some short-term support. Long run, it's going to make you feel isolated. There's no pleasure in that way of eating. It's going to get boring and dull. There's going to be nutritional deficiencies created, and it's not going to touch the root of your issue. So let's dive deeper here. Let's stop this horse shit with fad diets and thinking that we have to be strict and dogmatic about our approach to food. Um when that's really only um, palliating at best and only for a short period of time. So, you know, we have to get out of the mindset that we have XYZ disease, which every practitioner is uh, just gung-ho to tell you, oh, you have rheumatoid arthritis, you have colitis, you have high blood pressure, you have this, you have that, you have whatever, right? Okay, so yeah, sure, sometimes we can take that into consideration, but we get caught up in that. That is a trap, right? And every practitioner falls into that trap. And then when we fall into that trap, what happens is we get into protocols that are cookie cutter protocols. Oh, this diet this supplement for joint pain, this thingy for inflammation, that thingy for NAD production. Whoa. Okay. Let's slow, as my therapist says, let's slow this way down. That approach is is as outdated as, as it's outdated as the caveman. It's outdated. Okay. So during the ancestral health certification course, and of course, during my practitioner training course that, uh, where I train you how to be a classically trained homeopath, both of these things are going to teach you the importance of symptoms because we have to understand this. We have to understand somebody's symptoms and then we have to know what do I do with that? Okay, somebody has panic attacks when they're in a closed space. You go to a dietary practitioner, they're gonna, they're not gonna give two shits about that, but that's gold. This is gonna help us. This tells us, okay, how's their nervous system functioning? This tells them what what are they capable of? You know, we don't want to put somebody in a situation where it's going to basically trigger their symptoms. When we understand somebody's symptoms, then we can not only help create therapeutic protocols for them or programs for them and individuate that program for them, but then we can also make suggestions that support them, okay? So um, we have to understand the importance of symptoms 
And, and then, you know, know what to do with those symptoms. Okay, somebody tells you they're light, they have high blood pressure, they're lightheaded when they stand up, you you observe them in person, or maybe you do a video conference with them, you see maybe they're pale, they, they, they go from sitting to standing, and they get lightheaded, um, walking around slowly makes them feel better. Um, um, if they, if they walk, they can't walk too fast or they get out of energy easily. Um, so let's say those were the symptoms. You hadn't seen any blood work at all yet. And, and you hadn't, you don't know anything about them, no disease diagnosis. They're just telling you these symptoms. Now, a, you see, that is gold because no matter what their lab work says, right there, those symptoms tell you that something is off with their iron. Something's off. Okay. And so when you understand that, then you will have an idea of in your head because not everybody with high blood pressure is going to have those symptoms. This is how we individuate. This is, this is what's needed to get people closer to their quote unquote cure. This, this right here, individuation. So then, you're, then your wheels start spinning like, okay, I see something's going on with iron and they keep going into their, um, they, keep, they keep going into the, uh, their symptoms and telling you and you're asking them questions, which the intake process not the lab work you receive, but the intake process and knowing what questions to ask somebody, that is the most important thing for you as a health practitioner. That is going to give you the most information, the most helpful, insightful information um, for you as a health practitioner on how to treat their case, on how to individuate their treatment, on what's really going on with that person. Versus you read a lab work and maybe they have these symptoms, ah, the iron's like, yeah, borderline, and you know, the, uh, oh, the LDL's a little high, and you know, it's like, who gives a shit about that? Yeah, we, you know, we get very tunnel, we get tunnel vision, we get very myopic about how to approach someone where we're just, we're looking, we're look, staring at the screen, we're looking at the paper, trying to figure it out. The way to figure it out is by sitting with somebody and listening to their symptoms and then knowing and understanding what those symptoms mean and then how to translate that into a treatment protocol that is specific to their needs. So all of this, going back to the fad diet, is most people start a fad diet based on a disease diagnosis or a condition diagnosis. I'm overweight, keto, Google, what's the best thing for low carb, right? You know, okay, let's, let's, why, why do you struggle with your weight in the first place? It's not because you're not already low carb. That's not why. That's exactly not why. So, um, so, this is one of the, the biggest emphasis in the program is symptoms, how to understand them and what to do with them. And then how to translate that into individuated food and sunlight protocols. And in the practitioner training program, of course, into a homeopathic you know, prescription for your client or, or patient.
So, um, you know, that, that's a huge one that I just, you know, I just want to emphasize that we're obsessed with treating diseases and we need to treat people and we need to understand their, their unique symptoms. And every single person with cancer is going to have a different and unique set of symptoms unique to them, unique to their genetic predisposition. We have to understand that. We have to know what to do with that. And so we, in order to get there, we have to really let go of disease diagnosis. That is a crutch that leads to two crutches and then, you know, you can't walk after that. So I think you know what I'm saying there, but um, let's see. Okay, where where else do we want to go from here? How about let's um, talk about, um, well, basically the last thing I'll say about um, the symptoms and understanding that is that, that I know I've said this, and maybe you're about to puke right now. I've said it so much during this episode, but I just really want to emphasize that that is how you fine tune and specify the person's treatment plan. So you can become certified in this thing and that thing and this thing, but if you don't understand somebody's symptoms and if you don't understand, you know, where are they? This is another part. Where are they on the curability? quote unquote, curability scale. Is this person, is this case more on the side of incurable case, an end stage cancer? Or is this on a very curable scale? And how do you know what's incurable versus not incurable? How do you know? That's what you need to know because when you're you're creating a, an individuated plan for somebody, you have to know, hey, is this person more on the curable side of the spectrum or more on the incurable side of the spectrum. You need to understand that. Of course, there's miracles every day. But for the most part, over the past over decade of me practicing, um, there are absolutely cases where, okay, this, this case is more incurable and this is how we're going to approach it. This case is curable and this is how we're going to approach it. This case is on the fence. And this is how we're going to approach it to give them the best chance at getting into a more curable state. Okay. And so, um, you know, I know I talked about, I've been using high blood pressure a little bit as an example today, but I'll, I'll just say here that I want to give you one other example that let's say some, two people come into your practice, you see one in the morning, they have uh, malignant high blood pressure. The other one comes in in the afternoon and they have high blood pressure that's regulated by medication. And, um, and, and so malignant high blood pressure, as I mentioned in the beginning of the episode, is when you have high blood pressure that even with medication, it's, it, it, it can fluctuate, it can go up and down or it just stays up. Okay, that's, that's, a very, that's more of an, an example of an incurable case. You know, we can, it doesn't mean you don't try and you don't, you don't incorporate things and you don't create a healing plan for them. Absolutely not. You just have to understand that that healing is going to be much slower. Okay. And that disease and genetic predisposition is activated on a very deep level. That's a difficult case. Versus the person with high blood pressure who comes in, it's regulated with medication. Okay. 
And so that is much more of a curable case. We have to under, now if they came in, right? You had both of these clients, one in the morning, one in the afternoon, they came in, you're like, oh, they just have high blood pressure. I'm going to give them both the same protocol. Here's this one for the, here's this one for that. Here's this one for that. Same, same, because it's high blood pressure. It's just a disease diagnosis. Here we go. This is the diet. This is the protocol. These are the supplements, X, Y, Z, you know, there it is. That's a mistake. That's a fault. And honestly, it's freaking lazy. That's laziness and that's not helping the person out. You haven't heard their symptoms. You haven't interpreted their symptoms. You haven't put those symptoms into an individuated healing plan. That is the gold when you can do that. And who does that? No one. Almost no one. Practically no one. Almost nobody. <laughs> nobody does that. So um, this is where we have the biggest room for improvement in our medical care symptoms actually becoming a real freaking doctor who gives a shit about a disease diagnosis you have to understand somebody's symptoms if you want to understand disease and then if you want to understand health and how to get them there oh my god can you tell it makes my blood boil it does because we're not helping people. Health practitioners are supposed to help people. That's the goal. That's the role of the health practitioner to make people better, to help people get better. Okay, so um, let's see. Okay. Now, what I want to end with here, the key to the, the key, which I've said during this whole episode, um, to creating effective healing plans for your clients, for your patients, whether you're a chiropractor, an acupuncturist, a Reiki master, a Qigong master, uh, um, someone aspiring to be a health practitioner, whether you're a homeopath, whatever it may be, maybe you're a medical doctor, whatever it may be. The key to creating effective healing plans for your clients and patients is course individuating the treatment but we have to we have to individuate the treatment you could individuate how to hold stones in your hands but who gives a shit because that's not going to help you you have to know okay what therapies do i actually focus on to, to help them get better and then how do i use those therapies in you know an individuated way in an individualized way right so we want to what do we want to use what do we know works we know sunlight works we know food works we know homeopathy works right we know certain things about minerals and how they support health okay so we have to first use the right things we have to call upon things that are actually going to work number one and number two then we take those things sunlight food homeopathy and we individuate the treatment that is the key to creating effective healing plans for your clients and for your patients and we do this ultimately by learning how to use sunlight therapeutically learning how to use food therapeutically learning how to use homeopathy therapeutically and then by understanding somebody's symptoms. I'm not sure if I talked about that yet. So I will be teaching you all of this during the um, Ancestral Health Certification course. 
Again, I'll be launching that next week. And um, I'll let you know when I launch that. And there will be modules posted, allowing you to go at your own pace. And um, these will be released. Uh, I believe the program officially starts. Um, and so the, the registration will close around the 26th of October or November 1st, somewhere around there. I'm still, I'm still playing with that, but the registration will open next week, probably on, um, don't tell anyone, but probably Thursday, the 12th. Um, so keep your eye out for that. And then the registration will close for the program around the 26th or the first of, of the month. So um, I would love to have you all in the course. It would be a pleasure. I can't wait to teach you all this information. And um, so we have more informed health practitioners. And when we have more informed and educated health practitioners, then our world is a healthier place. The individuals who live in the world are, are healthier. And this is how we reduce chronic disease, how we put the brakes on genetic predisposition, how we change genetic expression over the, the course of generations. Have an awesome rest of your day and I will see you next week. Thanks so much for tuning into today's episode. To learn more about my approach to health, to see all of my creations in the kitchen and all of my Sunlight RX tips, you can follow me on the gram at sunlight underscore RX and subscribe to this podcast to access weekly episodes.